time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay here for one last time. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go pray for someone else that needs it. Because apparently God just wants this guy to learn about something because nothing's happening. And I was fed up. I was like, nothing is happening and everyone else is getting healed. Why can't this kid get healed? So I was like, I'll stay one more time. And I put my hand on him. I can't remember what I said. I said something. I prayed for him. And I opened my eyes. And there he was, standing up, walking away without any help at all, which was awesome. And it was, I think, the first witness healing that I myself had prayed for that I've ever seen. So it was really cool for me. And then um, there was, like, so much other people got healed. Me and this group of three guys were going out just speed praying for people. And we healed, like, ten people in ten minutes. It was awesome. I loved it. It was super cool. And then reality broke through. I had lost my voice, so I was praying people. I was praying for people while my voice was cracking every two seconds. And they're like, I have no idea what this kid is saying, but he's praying for me. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, everyone else is getting healed. I'm going to go out and ask someone to pray for my voice. So I got a guy. We sat down. He prayed for me five times. Absolutely nothing happened. My voice was just as bad as it was. And it was very, very disappointing for me because I was like, why can't I get healed if everyone else in the entire Camp Vineyard is getting healed right now? And um, I was just realized it's like, just because everyone else is happening to everyone else doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, <laughs> and then another thing was they were praying for, like, scars to go away on, like, one half of the room, which I don't understand. Like, if I have a scar, I like it because it reminds me. It's like, hey, I went through pain with this, and I'm alive, and I have something to prove it. But, um, yeah, so they're, they're praying. I'm not going to say who it was because I don't know if they're even here today, but someone, one of the members in our church was praying for someone. They had their hand over the scar, and when they finished praying, they took their hand up, and it was just a blood-curdling scream that you could hear across the entire chapel because the scar had disappeared, and she was just shocked. And it was actually pretty funny for everybody else, but she must have thought it was cool because she screamed. And, um, yeah, I had, I had no idea who it was until youth. And then she was like, oh, that was me, by the way. And, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool as well. And then one last thing was uh, me and a couple of guys from the youth and one other dude who stays with us most of the time because he's the only boy youth in his entire church. Uh, we're down at the, the campfire, which is what you do every night after the evening session at like 10 o'clock. You can go down there and make s'mores, hang out with friends, fish. It's, it's pretty fun. So we were all sitting in a bench, or like four of us to start with. One guy was playing his ukulele. I had a little like gourd that I was scraping on, making drum noises. And um, I can't remember what they called it. It's like Spanish for gourd. I can't remember what it is. But um, yeah, this, we called it the scrapey gourd thing because we couldn't remember what the name was. But um, yeah, we were, we were doing it. And, like every worship song we played, another two people, three people would join in. And by the end of it, it was like 10.50. And eventually the counselors were like, hey, go to your cabins. You stink. Take a shower. And, uh, but it was super cool because we weren't, there wasn't any microphones, there wasn't any smoke machines, no spotlight things that they had. And it was like the exact same. And it was just like 30 people all by the campfire singing with a ukulele and a broken gourd. And um, it was like 
awesome because you could it, it felt the same. Uh, some person came up and told one of our youth that they had a good voice. Hi, Sawyer. <laughs> Sawyer has a good voice, by the way. So, uh, yeah, camp felt so much different this year. It felt like the maturity level just went up a bunch. And God was there, I feel like, so much more than he's ever been. I don't know if he had, like, an off week or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he was there. And I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that I know he was there because of the amount of healings that happened during the entirety of camp. So, yeah, who's next? You, you're next. Come take the mic from me before I say something dumb. Hi. So, I was told I only have five minutes to do this, so I'm going to stop talking about the fact that I only have five minutes to do this. So, this year at camp was pretty crazy, and it was, I went to camp this year with a knee brace on, and I wasn't having pain because I got hurt. I was having a lot of pain because it was something that was wrong with my knee, and I asked my mom about it, and she was like, oh, well, your knee... It's pro she was saying that she had the same pain that I had when she was little and that it, if it was the same thing, it wasn't going to go away. And it was kind of like I was stuck with it. So I went to camp and it was pretty painful. And I didn't, I wasn't able to play a lot of the games. So I, it was Thursday and I had just been praying for these people up front during worship. And I sat down and the speaker guy comes up and he's like, oh, if you have a hurt back, go over here. If you have, you know, this problem, go over here. So then he says, if you have a hurt knee, come over here. And I was kind of like, uh, so I kind of tried to hide my knee. But then my friend comes over and she's like, girl, go get prayer for your knee. So I, I was like, okay, fine. So I walked over and I found someone that I knew and a few people came up and started praying for my knee. And I was like, nothing's going to happen. My knee is it's just the way it's going to be. But after like, four minutes of them praying, I stood up and there, my knee, the pain was totally gone. And I haven't felt the pain in my knee since then. And it was pretty crazy. Because like after that, I started like running down the aisle and stuff. And I was like going around praying for people because I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> so and then after that, I was praying for this girl. And she had some scars on her wrist. They were really bad scars. And she kind of, she just broke down when I asked her if she needed prayer. And she just told me that she wanted them off. So I started to pray for them. And after about like six times that we tried and looked, they were totally gone off of her wrist. And it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Hi. All right, um, first of all, I'm going to start off with um, a comment about Elijah's. I, th I think the reason that God didn't heal his voice is because it was a blessing to the rest of us. It was, really it was really funny to listen to, let me tell you. It was hilarious. Best part of the week. Well, maybe not best, but pretty, pretty far up there. Um, yeah. So... They're all talking about stuff that happened Thursday night. So what's happening is is worship, and normally they like stop and go into the, the word from the speaker, but worship just kind of kept going on, and people kept kept singing, and so the speaker Grant got like a word that um, 
who's gonna be like, who should call out people for like healings and stuff. So he came up to the front and said that we're not really gonna do a sermon or whatever. So if you need any healing for something, come up. And so that's basically how that started. And there was a bunch of crazy healings that night. Um, I personally wasn't really healed for anything, although I got a couple of words that were really nice and, you know, helped me. <laughs> They're really nice. <laughs> but, yeah, so I got some words and stuff, stuff to work on after camp as well as during then. Um, and Thursday night, um, I prayed for, like, quite a few different people who got healed. There was, I also helped pray for John, who Elijah talked about, the one that took like 20 minutes of praying. That was a fun time. Um, I also prayed for someone else's, two other people's feet. They both got healed. Another person's knee, which also got healed. Um, oh, and someone's arm that got healed, which had just like sprained or something. It was, it was really cool. It was a fun time. And I also got to pray for I also got to witness some people praying for this other guy who was having some like mental problems. And got some really cool spiritual words and stuff for him that they were, it was, it really showed how, how much the presence was there and definitely made an impact. It was, it was really, really awesome. It was a great, great night. Um, we witnessed, there was a load of healings that night and I encourage you to ask the other youth people about stuff that they saw because there's a lot more. I encourage that. And Friday night I was praying, like after camp and stuff, and I got some words and stuff to, that I think kind of applies to everyone, that we need to work on focusing more on God and on distractions and other focuses that, things that you'll worship inside of you, you know. But I guess that's really all. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so before we transition to the 40-day fast testimonies, I really encourage you to talk to all of the, the green shirts and Kaylin um, <laughs> about their camp experiences. Um, it really was a powerful week, even though I wasn't there. I got to hear all of their stories on Tuesday night, and um, it was they came back changed. So... Ask the green shirts about their, their experience, even the adults. Um, so, yeah. And we are going to now transition to kind of testimonies on the 40-day fast. So we have two people that are going to speak, um, Lynette first, and then Will's going to bring it home, and then we'll do some ministry. So, Lynette. So, Billy, I thought I sent you an email, but it could still be in my draft folder. I'm sorry. Um, so, the 40-day thing. I just want to say I made it all but three days without coffee, which is really incredible. It's practically miraculous. So, praise God for that. It is just a little bit of torture, yes. Um, so... When I went into the fast, I was thinking, I had this whole long list of things that I thought I was going to be able to fast from and things I was going to be able to do. And I was talking to my sister on the phone um, maybe two weeks in, and she was like, why are you doing all that? 
And I was like, well, because the church is fasting and da-da-da-da-da. And she didn't say anything else. She just said, why are you doing all that? And I had to go back in my prayer time with the Lord and say, God, why am I doing all this? You know, I kind of had my checklist of all the things I was supposed to do on the fast. Um, and I realized that I had made some of those things a part of my identity and the lens through which I saw myself. And the Holy Spirit had to correct me. And he said, Lonette, I don't care if you didn't fast from anything on the fast. You are who you are because you're mine, not because of the long list. And I thought I knew that, but I, I knew it in my knower, <laughs> but I didn't know it down here in my heart. And um, so he almost had to kind of deprogram me for about half of the fast <laughs> and then reprogram me, you know, just to remind me that um, I'm just his. That's it. That's my whole identity is that I, I'm his and I get to be his. And so that was really helpful and it was a real blessing for me, especially for this season in my life, um, that I get to be his and I don't have to do anything for that. The only thing I had to do, I did it 20 years ago when I asked Jesus to be Lord and that's it. He accepts me just because of that. So that was really powerful for me. Um, the other thing um, that I experienced on the fast was just an increased desire to, to just be in the presence of the Lord and with God's people. Um, and so that was really great because it all started with our prayer times together on Wednesday night. And my whole thought was, oh, well, we'll do it for the 40 days. And then, you know, we'll do it once a week for the 40 days and that'll be great. And the more we did it, the more I wanted to, to do it more. And then the people who were coming, they also wanted to do it more. And so that's how it ended up extending throughout the rest of the summer because we just had this, um, this desire that just started in our hearts to, to continue to lift up God's people and to continue to lift up the city of Greenville. And just he just started stirring this spirit of intercession in us. Um, so I can't wait to see what God's going to do with that and um, how we'll be able to, to just press in a little bit more. Um, and even as we were doing that, I found myself, as we were um, out and about with, with my kids, um, seeing homeless people on the street and, and just random people and just being drawn to them and wanting to hear their stories and wanting to, um, to pray for them. Even if I didn't pray out loud, um, just seeing them and wanting to meet them where they were and wanting to bring the presence of God to them in that space um, as much as you can with four children that you're chasing around. Well, three, because Judah's not running around. Um, and then the other thing is on a, on a very practical level, I had um, been praying for quite some time about um, job opportunities that I could do from home and still be able to take care of the kids. And during the um, 40 days of the fast, I was able to land two pretty big job opportunities. So praise God for that. Well, I'm Will. My, um, my wife and I, Sarah Burke, we run the youth, as evidenced by the green shirt. I'm actually going to quickly bounce back to that real fast since I was one of the counselors at camp. But uh, as a counselor, we love, I mean, all my coworkers are like, man, you got to go to camp for a week and chase teenagers everywhere. I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's like the best week of my summer. I look forward to it. It's exhausting. It is. Um, I'm still not recovered from it, but it's amazing. 
I will say this year was special. I can't put my finger on why. Probably the easiest camp vineyard I've ever been a part of. The trip down was smooth. The trip back was smooth. But while it was there, there's always things that crop up at camp, but they all seem to just, the Lord just worked through all of them. But the Spirit was really moving this year. And the Thursday night ministry night, which the formal like main ministry night where you really kind of make space for the Lord to move you know, in an extra way is usually Wednesday night so that Thursday the kids can start to process and can talk to the counselors and one another. And so we, we thought that Wednesday night was the big one, and then the Lord was like, well, we'll switch things up. And so he dropped the hammer on Thursday night. And it was, I've been to four or five of the More Love, More Power Holy Spirit conferences for the Vineyard in Illinois, and those things are insane. And this uh, where this uh, ministry night on Thursday night was one of the most powerful movements of the Spirit I've felt in probably six or seven years. And it was incredible because it was all just middle schoolers and high schoolers doing it. Um, the speaker, some of the counselors would kind of facilitate, hey, I get a sense that maybe we need to be praying for this over here. And then, you know, our guys and girls and then the other ones, they just grab it and run with it and go. And it was amazing. So like Sarah Burke said, I encourage you to ask everybody in a green shirt what they encountered this this two weeks ago because they'll tell you stuff that I didn't see. Um, I will say there was one. Um, I, I was praying for various people. The The whole scar healing thing was incredible. There were probably a dozen people that were healed from scars, and that was all happening about three feet to my right. But I was praying over here with some people, so I didn't actually see any of that. I'm kind of bummed about that. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, as it was kind of winding down, there were uh, headhunters, what I called them, kids, like, were just going around trying to find people. And I think there were probably people that were prayed for that just wanted to be left alone, and they were, like, leaning over, and so kids dogpiled them and prayed for them, which was probably good. But there was one junior camper, him saying he was probably sixth grade, he came up to me, and he's like, hey, can I get some prayer for my back? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I just started praying for him, and um, I happened to kind of look up to kind of gather my thoughts. And in the, like, three seconds I looked up and looked back down, three other middle schoolers had, like, converged on him. And they were all praying. And typically, after three or four times praying through, you kind of, you know, you kind of, the Lord's usually kind of showed up in some way or in fully or a little bit, and you kind of move on. But there seemed to be some stubbornness to some of these conditions. And so it took seven or eight times praying for this kid, but... Every time we'd pray and then we'd check up, he's like, yeah, the pain, the painful area is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so finally, uh, you know, we prayed for about the eighth or ninth time. And, you know, I'm just saying, you know, Holy Spirit, come. We just proclaim healing. And all these little middle schoolers around me, they're all just like eyes closed, just like just, you know, talking, you know, to themselves. And so then after we got done, I'm like, hey, man, talk to me. How you feeling? What's going on? And he's, he looks at me. He goes, It's gone and jumps up, and then he's like, it's completely gone, and he's just doing all sorts of back motions, and he's like, can y'all pray for my feet real fast? And so, you know, so we prayed for his feet, and he's like, it's gone, the pain is gone, thank you, and then just runs off. And, and, and I'm sitting there just saying, I'm just like, Lord, thank you. And I look back down at all these middle schoolers, just like they just won the World Series, they're all like, yeah, high-fiving each other, and I just got so excited because when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I, I had no idea what the Holy Spirit really was. I had no idea that the Spirit still moved and that, you know, the Lord would meet you in such a real way and they're encountering it and they were the ones really, you know, driving it. The Spirit, they sensed the Spirit moving and they said, let's see where it goes. And I was just so encouraged for the next generation, you know, coming up.
to, to see that. So I just, you know, see a green shirt, ask them. Especially now that they've been out for two weeks because you start to process and they might remember things that they haven't mentioned to us. So that was my bounce back to Camp Vineyard. And now for the 40-day fast was, uh, yeah, it was really powerful. It's one of those things that was, you kind of got into the rhythm of doing it and it kind of just hung in the background, at least for me, because we were in the middle of Camp Vineyard and all this. But uh, part of what I was doing in my fast was I, I would do a complete fast every Wednesday. And this was the first time when I fasted I've actually gone a full 24 hours without eating. Um, and that was a, a challenge at first, but then the Lord really showed up and you know, all sorts of awesome things happened, including my coworkers bringing in the most delectable smelling foods on the days I wasn't eating. After m- years of them not doing that, they started doing it the last two months. I was like, oh my goodness. But I, about two weeks into the fast, uh, I just kind of felt this just discomfort in my life. Couldn't really put a finger on it. And it's, it, it, I, I really started thinking about it, and I couldn't put my finger on where it was coming from. And then about two weeks in, Sarah Burke and I, I don't even remember the context, but we had a conversation. And she said, if you want to, really want to be honest, I've noticed this, this, and this about, your, about you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And um, basically, there was just this thread of selfishness that had started working its way into my life. And there was no specific way that it was really manifesting itself. But it really boiled down to uh, how I, you know, viewed my time, and I really I spent about two more weeks just praying over that, and I, I noticed that it had been affecting my relationship with Sarah Burke. It had been affecting how I was managing the youth group. It had been affecting um, my service at the church, my work, my um, relationship with my brother, who's not even in, in on this side of the Atlantic, my relationship with my immediate family and extended family, and I look back and. My life had totally had slowly been getting torqued and twisted, kind of out of shape over the last about two years, and I don't even know where it started from. But there's just this thread of selfishness that had really just kind of like branched out and grown through my life. And so it took about two weeks of just me just saying, "Art right, Lord, show me what I need to do, some ways I can start to change this." And um, because He pointed out some some um, extended relatives I have. And I really started looking at him, and you know, I was like, that could be me in 15, 20 years if, if he hadn't pointed this out. And I said, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be like that. And so the last, I don't know, month or so has just been amazing for me. I, I feel like I'm a completely new person. Um, I've changed. No, nobody at work, to my knowledge, none of y'all have come up to me and said, like, oh, I really see this, this, and this. But it's just a lot of little things that I'm, changes and choices I'm making every day that I feel like a completely new person. I, feel, I have a hope in my life that I've never had before. I view my days and my time with my coworkers and just interacting with y'all and family and friends completely differently. And um, the last two days of the Wednesdays that I was fasting were very difficult because situations and stuff would crop up that lent itself to my old way cropping back up. So I, the last two full fast days were very difficult for me, but I really just pressed into the Lord and he, he was faithful and showed up. And so this fast has been um, surprisingly or incredibly just powerful for me and I was not anticipating that but I guess that's how God works he works the most when you don't expect it because then you don't have your defenses up um, but yeah that's all all I really have to say and it was just uh, I'm really glad that we took part in this in this wider in this movement of the wider vineyard because uh, we're not alone oh also several of the other counselors and stuff 
at Camp Vineyard, we're partaking in this fast because it's a, the whole Vineyard movement is doing it. And many of us really felt like the reason there was such a huge move of the Spirit at camp was because so many of the churches and people within the Vineyard movement around the whole country were taking part in it. So, you know, all the little prayers that y'all have been doing have been having huge impacts, probably far beyond anything that we will, any of us will ever know. So that's all I have. Oh, yes. So uh, that's it, really, I think. So ministry team, if y'all want to come back up and lead us into our final stretch of worship. I just felt like I should share. Um, this year at Camp Vineyard, there was an amazing amount of healing that happened, and he, God broke into so many different lives. But I thought I'd also share how Camp Vineyard has been a part of my healing journey because my healing didn't necessarily happen at Camp Vineyard in the middle of prayer where people were waiting for God to come and heal because um, the condition that I have, you can't see it. It has to do with how my body works and communicates. And by all modern medical means, it's not healable. Um, it's an autoimmune disease. It's a chronic condition. And for a while, I had hoped that God would heal and had waited for a very long time. And I had tried a lot of different things and it hadn't worked. So I kind of resigned myself to saying, okay, God, even if you don't heal me, I know you're gonna take me through this. And God taught me through that to trust him, not just to rely on him for healing or those kinds of other things, but he also kind of wrecked my world in a different way, not at camp, not necessarily in a healing circle, but God did heal me. My condition is currently in remission. The doctor that I was with was completely amazed. My tests keep coming back normal and by all means I shouldn't be normal and I thought I'd just share that if you're waiting for God to do something in your life whether that's healing or something else sometimes his timing looks a lot different than what we're expecting but when he does work in our lives it's the sweetest feeling and there's so much joy in the waiting. Sometimes it's hard to see it, but there's a lot of beauty in it. <laughs>